0: Frenzies, you are listening to episode 63 of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. On today's episode, we are going to dish all about the pandemic school year. Womp womp. How how did we all do and how are we going to move forward? Let's spill all the beans. It's going to be a great time. I'm happy to have you here. This is going on, I think, year four of this podcast. And yeah, I'm still alive. You're still alive. We're going to have a great time. (laughs) Let's start this show. Are you feeling a little burnt out and exhausted this school year? Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher podcast is here to get you through the hard weeks. We will be tackling tough topics while addressing self-care tips and tricks to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Jessica Martin, a coffee-drinking teacher and tech coach working on my own health journey as I pursue happiness in my teacher life. I am so happy you're here with me today, and I can't wait to share all the things with you. Let's get on with the show. And just like that, Frenzies, we are on episode 63 of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. If you don't know me, my name is Jessica Martin, and I am a public school teacher. I teach fourth grade currently in Las Vegas, Nevada. I've had this podcast for four years. You might think it's kind of a funny-sounding name in a pandemic, right? Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher? What's so healthy or happy about teaching right now? Nothing. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, on my journey, and this was four years ago, I think I started this podcast in like 2017, 2018 maybe. And my own personal health, was not the greatest. Like I was getting sick a lot, ending up in the hospital, and I felt emotionally not really the best, and so I just thought I should go and start exploring ways to be a healthy and happy teacher because I feel like it's still a career worthy of people sticking with it. I know that a lot of states provide good benefits and retirement plans to teachers, and I I think that it is a good career to try to, to work out your problems with it. It's sort of like an internal war sometimes with the profession, right? And I recognized that a few years ago. And it was sort of before self-care and some of the buzzwords were coming in social emotional health and some of the things that people are kind of hopping on those trends it was it was sort of before that and I I really it was just my own personal journey of like how can I be more healthy and more happy as a teacher and that's kind of what every episode's been about but along the way I've told a lot of my personal journey and a lot of it is to be honest with you chronic illness I am constantly sick (laughs) And I'm still sick and I'm still trying to figure that out. And I think I'll do another episode kind of uh, kind of dishing on that a little bit. I think I think it's important to share our stories with each other. So if you're having a hard time or you're sick, you could see other people in the profession and and kind of commiserate and um, have that kind of like know that there's other people out there going what you're going through the same things that you're going through. All right, so that's how healthy Teacher Happy Teacher sort of began is I ended up in the hospital. I was really, really sick, and I found out a lot of it were my personal habits and choices. Uh, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna completely blame soda and candy, but I think eating too much candy every day and just guzzling down the soda and sweets, I think it kind of took me to a bad point. And at no, no way is this show about like dieting or eating healthy or anything. It's just kind of like, how did I end up at the point where I was like, wow, I got to figure out my health. I got to figure out my emotions, my happiness. I need therapy. Like, how am I going to figure all these things out? And then I was like, well, if I did a podcast about it, it would sort of direct my attention towards the things that I want to make better. So I hope that makes sense if you're out there. Maybe this is your first time listening. Maybe it's your 63rd time listening. (laughs) Wherever you are in the healthy teacher, happy teacher journey, now you kind of know how we got to where we are. So it's also kind of funny talking about this during a pandemic, right? Because during a pandemic, nobody's feeling healthy or happy, as we've learned. Everyone's not in the best place. So it's just kind of interesting the... The, the road the show has taken. And I've always wanted to make it to like a hundred episodes or 200 episodes before I quit. Uh, and I just kind of keep going with it. Uh, even though I know that the name might be kind of a toxic feeling to people. I think the people that know me and have been following my journey online and have listened to the show, they know that I'm not about um, toxic positivity or any kind of like health gimmicks or anything like that. Like I'm actually just trying to figure out my own life and sharing the journey with you. All right. So anyway, have a seat. It's good to see you again. (laughs) Just want to kind of reintroduce myself. I consider you the listener to be the guest on my show. I wish I could ask you a million questions right now. But since I can't, let's kind of, let's dive into some content. Let's, let's rehash this school year. Now on my last episode I was days away from going back into the classroom in real life uh, and we were going to have half of our students come back to school while half stayed at home. We were doing the whole hybrid uh, sort of teaching, concurrent hybrid teaching. I don't know the right name for it. Everyone knows that it was very impractical and it didn't really work very well, right? So I went back a few days after my last episode and I had half my students uh, come to school and then I had the other half at home and it, it was exactly how it sounds. a kind of a hot mess. I was so overjoyed and happy to finally be meeting these little people. Um, I had gone to a couple, stopped by a couple birthday parties over the year, uh, ran into a couple of the students, so I had already met a couple students, but for the most part of my class of 30 students, I I didn't really know them in person, and I, I had, pretty good relationship with them on the computer. I can be pretty convincing on video and I would make them kind of come out of their shells a bit. And I I got to see them a lot on camera. So I kind of knew their faces. I knew their habits. I knew their personalities. I knew them very, very well. But you never really know someone until you meet them in real life, right? <laughs> it was almost like a like a creepy online dating situation where I just knew so much about them, but I had no idea how they acted in person. <laughs> so anyway, the I remember the first day, I was I was really stoked to meet them, and I really I, I I tried to go into this school year a little differently than other school years, and it was something that my principal said to me uh, during the onboarding process. Uh, She was explaining the history of the school and how special the school is to her. She's been at the school for 15 or 16 years. And she's like, like, you know, some of the kids are in really great situations and some of them aren't. And my only request is that you just love these kids. I just want you to love them. Just love them for the people that they are. And that, I don't know why, it just kind of flicked a switch in my head. And I was like, oh, just like love them? I mean, not in a creepy way. <laughs> First, I'm talking dating show, then long distance. I I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff going on here. But it was just, it was really, really weird. I, I just watched Love is Blind. I watched the reunion show. And so it was kind of on my mind about how, like, they were talking to each other through a wall. It was kind of the same thing with online teaching. You're getting to know these people really, really good all day through the computer. But you don't know what they're really going to be like. So, anywho what my principal said sort of stuck in my brain. Like I just got to love these people just really, really, really love them. Um, And, and, and try to make the best of this weird situation. And that's what I did. And I was so happy to finally meet them. Um, But it was, sometimes it was a little rough. I'm not going to lie because I created this really fun, whimsical, quirky, Kind of wild online environment. Like I made it kind of like a party every day. As I wanted them to learn and come to school so badly. But as you know, you know, when you go to school in real life, you can't always act like it's a party or else, you know, things get broken, people get hurt. <laughs> so my online personality, I don't know how well it transitioned to the real classroom. And The school district told us in the very beginning of the school year that they were set up for us to do this the whole year. So I had it in my head the whole year, like, okay, we are going to be online and, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get people to learn and really get to know them. And so. It just it w- we created such a casual environment in the classroom, and I I was so lucky because I felt like they were just so excited to be there and to talk to me and hang out with me, and it was great. But then in real life, it was a little um, like they still had spring fever; they were bouncing out of their chairs with excitement and glee. And then we had all these rules to follow, like wearing our masks and staying in our desk and using these dividers between the desks and not sharing supplies. And it was sort of like my teaching style doesn't really go with social distancing and (laughs) health and safety. (laughs) It was really rough. And I, I had a lot of rough days. I tried to still do a lot of fun things, but the sad, the sad truth was that the kids at home They could feel a difference. They could feel a change. And I had to give my full attention to the kids in the room, you know, in order to keep things like health and safety a top priority. So by giving all my attention to the kids in the room, the kids on the computer Uh, really suffered. And I don't think they really got much of me those last few weeks of school. Luckily, there was only like five or six weeks left. So I don't think it was disastrous for their learning uh, for the whole year, but definitely not ideal. And it just made me really sad because I had really connected with these kids on the computer. And if they weren't in, in my class in real life, then we weren't really getting that kind of connection anymore. Uh, so there was a couple kids that actually were pretty successful and they kind of just stuck with it and they were sort of like a bystander in the room, right? Like they're just kind of a bystander watching all the, all the wildness of spring fever, end of the year, you know, super fun teacher, but now you have to be in person and control people vibe. (laughs) Like it, it was difficult. It was just, it was a very unique school year. It was just very unique. And to be honest with you, I haven't recorded a podcast. Well, I haven't published one in three months because, um, well, two things happened. One, uh, one day, you know, I was, I was very excited, uh, jumping around the room and I knocked over a bottle, I knocked over a bottle of water on my laptop, and I fried it completely. And my laptop is where I record my podcast. So that was the one thing that happened in early April. So I was without a laptop for mm, about a month. And then when school was finally over, and I could sort of sit down and record an episode, I was very um, Kind of bitter. And I was regretting so many little things that went wrong or that I didn't do right. And I just I I, I recorded a really long episode explaining kind of everything that happened. And it just it was it was kind of a negative feeling. And I was just like, it's not quite what I want to say yet. I think I need more time to like heal from the school year, if that makes sense. Because the truth is that I love my students and they were just amazing. And I adored each and every one of them. But with all of the rules and restrictions and confinements of the pandemic, you know, I just I had a hard time. Uh, like I had, a I just had a hard time. It kind of my, my overzealousness and excitedness for the year, it, it kind of got smushed going back and trying to juggle so many jobs at once and having so many extra duties to do. And it was just really, really hard for me. And I listened to the episode and I was just like, mm. I just, I mean, I could publish it, but I recognize in myself that it was just like it was me talking before I had time to heal. And I, I I think that's kind of a bad way to put out your energy into the like it was very reactive, is what I'm trying to say. It's like I was being reactive to this bad situation and it wasn't really accurate for like how the whole school year went it was just me reacting from this one little part of the school year so I didn't and I think I made me I think I maybe did three episodes like right in June right when I got out of school and I just decided to not publish them but so here I am now having kind of been able to heal through the summer and think about things with a more clear head I think that's always better to do is just take a little time off sometimes when you're really heated over something. So let's talk about moving forward a little bit, because I don't know if you're like me, I have a very nostalgic kind of personality and I can spend way too long swimming in my feelings from the past. And for me personally, like for some people, they need to do that for healing Or like maybe some people avoid thinking about the past and so then they have to deal with certain things. But for me, I have a lot of different problems. (laughs) I have a lot of problems and one of my problems is I can get stuck in my own head because I am, I do have social anxiety disorder and social avoidance disorder And I can very easily sort of swim in my own memories and my own thoughts. And I can get stuck there for days, months even. Um, I've, I've been through periods of time where I haven't even left the house for months because and that's before a pandemic because I can just kind of get into these really weird unhealthy routines and sort of swim around on shoulda coulda woulda and it's not very healthy for me to do personally and I understand sometimes that people need to talk about you know all of the bad things that have happened the trauma that they felt during this whole pandemic And I think that's great. But for me, it's like I'm feeling like it's time to move on for for me personally after. And this is after I've spent the last two months really addressing a lot of my feelings about the pandemic and being a teacher in the pandemic. I've had a lot of conversations. I've done a lot of journal entries. I've done some therapy I mean, I I've I feel like I've I've worked through a lot of my problems or my hangups from this last year, and now I'm sort of ready to move on to next school year because we really can only go forward. We just we can't go backwards. And sometimes we have some huge blocks uh, from our past keeping us from moving forward. But the goal is always moving forward because we have no choice. Unfortunately. We're on that timeline, right? Like we're 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 on the path where time is moving forward. We're not time travelers yet. We can't go backwards. <laughs> Notice how I say yet. <laughs> I am a little bit obsessed with time traveling shows and I'm also obsessed with time traveling like conspiracies, so don't even get me going. But anyways, <laughs> um I'm trying to move forward and I'm really I'm trying, like when I catch myself wallowing in self-pity or feeling bad about last school year, there's a few things that I do to try to move on and I'm going to share those with you. Maybe they can help you too. So first of all, I'll give myself a (laughs) two-minute Tanty. Give myself a two-minute Tanty. Now, I either have this Tanty um out loud, right? Like I set a timer on my phone and I just have a tanty. And and then when the 2 minutes are done, I try to reel myself back in and move on. So it could be a verbal tanty and some sometimes more often than not it is a written tanty. So I go to the notes app in my phone and I just kind of do a brain dump of all these feelings and emotions from this last school year, from the pandemic, from all of the issues and drama that's occurred from the pandemic, just everything. I'll just do a brain dump in my phone, but I only give myself two minutes to sort of wallow in what I'm feeling. And it's only because of my past and my disorders that I can get very trapped in my head. And I realize, like for some people, maybe journaling for an hour would be beneficial or maybe they really need to take a me day and just sit with their feelings from last school year and find a way or they need to do therapy for so long or something like that but for me personally like I know my habits and I know that I love to be melodramatic and I love to get wrapped up in my feelings and emotions And what ends up happening is I seclude myself from the outside world. I shut down. I quit talking to my loved ones. I have a lot of problems with that. So it's something that I sort of have to keep on top of. And that's why I give myself like this two-minute chanty. I give myself two minutes to just get whatever it is that I'm obsessed with in the past off my chest in, in written form in my phone or even out loud. Sometimes sometimes I'll even give myself a shower tantee. So I'll I'll be like okay as soon as you step in the shower and that hot water hits you, you know, let it all out. Whatever you want to say, whatever memory you want to rehash, whatever you're angry about having to do with the pandemic today, let it out in the shower. But as soon as you're all squeaky clean and it's time, you know, like the you're getting you're getting pruny fingers. <laughs> Because I I have done this before where I stayed way too long. (laughs) Well, you're getting pretty fingers. It's time to let it go and move on and start thinking about the future and, you know, what you can do today for yourself and what you can do for your future. And so I don't know if that would help anyone. Um, I feel bad like giving any sort of like mental health advice or like, oh, this is what you should do or this is what you shouldn't do. I'm just telling for me personally, only because um, because I do have these disorders where like social anxiety disorder You're constantly thinking about what people think of you when they're around you. You're obsessively thinking about it and you avoid social situations because you know you're going to obsessively think about it. But you love having excuses to avoid social situations, right? Like you love it. You look for excuses so you don't have to be around people. And so that is something that I've done in the past is like, oh, well, instead of going um, and being, you know, with loved ones tonight or seeing my friends tonight, I'm going to sit and think about like this one thing that happened 15 years ago and I'm just going to let it just roll in my head and you get like these obsessive thoughts, but it's also sort of a block for me going out and, and hanging out with people, which I mean, is not really happening right now because hello pandemic, but These are the sort of behaviors I know, like if I don't find a way to let them go and let them out in a healthy way, then I'll be kind of unhealthy and obsessed over them. So anyways, that is one thing is a two minute TNT or just have your TNT in the shower, you know, and then what you're doing essentially is you're making a space in your life for those feelings. And it is important to make a space for those, those feelings, so they have a place like you you can put them somewhere and I feel like when you find a place to put them it's sort of like organizing your mind when you have a place to put them and you know what to do when you're having them then you're less likely to revisit them like you know they're on the shelf I know I can go on my phone and read about all my tanties from the school year I know that I can go visit them anytime I want but more often than not I don't want to (laughs) I was like, okay, I don't I don't want to see what I had to say about that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I just want to keep moving forward. So, but it's really cathartic and I do re- I do really um I do really recommend finding a way to record your thoughts um like through an app on your phone or like I have some dictation apps where I can just talk into them and they'll just write down everything I say. I was I was going to try to find them for you but I have I'm sort of type B so I have like a thousand apps on my phone it drives my husband absolutely bonkers because he has all of his apps organized in these cute little folders color coordinated I mean he has his life together and mine are just on like spread out on eight different pages <laughs> So anywho, um, I think the one, well, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to relook in my phone. see if I was more organized, I would have this all ready for you. But either the notes in my phone or one of these voice dictation apps, uh, these are the things I use to just kind of get it all out there. So this is how I'm going into this next school year. Kind of taking two big takeaways from last school year with me into the new school year. Hopefully, it works out, but you never know. Every year is completely different. That's why being an educator is kind of exciting, but also sort of scary, right? Because you never know, is this going to be the year from HE Double Hockey Sticks, or is this going to be the year that gives me the fire and passion to continue on this career path? You never know what you're going to get. A lot of times, it's in the middle of those two, right? Anywho, so the first thing is, I'm going to give myself a time, a place, and a space for my Tanties, right? For decompressing and I'm just going to give myself those things. But for me, I need to have a time limit on them or I will wallow away for hours and days and months. So I need to find a way to be really healthy and purposeful with my Tanties. Um, And so that's something I'm going to take away from this last school year is to give myself that two minute uh, timer or Sometimes, if it's really bad, maybe the length of a shower or the length of a bath. (laughs) Uh, And then the next thing I'm going to do is I really like this approach last year. And I'm not saying I didn't take this approach other years. Maybe it was just someone begging me to do it. But, you know, really loving my students, but loving them with personal boundaries, right? On my time. Because time is our most important asset. You can, you can get back money. You can make new friends. You can set up a new family structure, right? You can change so many things in your life. But the one thing you can't change is how much time you have. And we all just have the same amount of minutes in a day, in a week, in a month. And we have got to be better as teachers with you know, really making sure that we're spending time that is the, that is how exactly we want to spend it, I guess. And some teachers, they uh, probably love uh, spending extra time on their teaching career uh, with students, uh, helping students doing extra things. Some people really, really do enjoy that. But I will tell you, when I was in graduate school, I had to interview three retired teachers and I had to ask them a lot of questions about their career and, you know, as a whole. And they had all had 30 years in the classroom. And each one of those teachers told me that their biggest regret was spending too much time on the profession. Because once you're done with it, I mean, it's done with you. There's not a lot of benefits you get once you quit that job. There's just like, I mean, yeah, they they saved up a, a great retirement. They got a great retirement, good health benefits. They didn't regret the career. They didn't regret spending 30 years on the career, but they regretted the time they spent on teaching versus the time they spent with friends and family. Because after the career, friends and family are still there. But guess what? Teaching is not. The students the co-workers, the admin, all of the things you're giving your time up for, they're not going to be there when you leave. And a lot of people have this sort of, um, I think it's a little bit of a faulty, hopeful maybe perception that like, you know, they're building this legacy and that, you know, 30 years from now, you know, everyone's going to remember them and they're still going to have X, Y, and Z in their lives. And, It doesn't really work that way. I mean, the teachers I talked to, the retired teachers were like, yeah, I mean, the minute I left the school building, it was over. It was done. Nobody contacted me ever again. I occasionally run into a student here and there at the grocery store, but that's not my real life. That's like not, that's not what I have to deal with every day. And I just wish I would have spent the time a little bit better uh, building relationships with my children, my spouse, my partner. Uh, my friends, you know, building more of a life for myself, because once teaching was over, then I had to figure out how to do that. And I was really, really sad and depressed about what I had done, like what I had spent all my time on those years. And pretty much all three teachers were from different walks of life, different backgrounds, they lived in different cities, but they all said the same thing. So I was like, whoa, okay, you know, like that's always in the back of my mind. Like, am I spending too much time on this? Do I need to just make things good enough and not perfect? Um, Do I need to just not do some responsibilities or just do them, you know, maybe not to the best ability sometimes? Uh, And you got to like, I think choosing you being a little selfish sometimes is better Than sacrificing everything for this career that really can be over in a blink of an eye. I mean, you're easily replaceable and it's hard to, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow because yes, your job is super important and you make a huge impact on so many people, but is the impact you make more important than like your personal life and being happy when you get older, being happy every day? No, it's not. No career is worth your misery, (laughs) is worth you feeling alone, burdened, separated from friends and family. And teaching is just so easy to do that to you. Teaching is like this whirlwind where you could spend 24 hours a day on it and still have more stuff to do. It's one of those wormholes. So that's what I'm going to be really mindful of this year. Okay, Frenzies, I hope you got some something out of this episode. Maybe you're like, wow, I am not as messed up as the whimsical teacher, so I'm feeling good about myself. <laughs> even if it's that, even if it's that, that's perfectly fine. Uh, anyways, I enjoyed having you here today. I am happy that you decided to spend your time listening to me, and I just hope that maybe you got something out of it, something to take away. I, I, I'm always on the line of trying to be positive, but not too toxic and real, but not like too soul crushing real. Because <laughs> some people are really real, but they kind of like, they kind of crush your spirits a little bit. And I, I try to kind of be that happy medium, kind of like in the middle-ish, you know, like, hey, this is a reality. But this is something positive and this is something true, but this is something to consider. (laughs) Oh, frenzies, I have missed you. Anyway, uh, good luck on your school year this coming year. Uh, I'll be back with more episodes. I have a million ideas, so I hope you'll stick around and that we'll meet again soon. Thanks for listening. You've just finished listening to Healthy Teacher Happy (laughs) Jet. Happy Jessica. What? (laughs) Oh, no, I don't know how to stop.